podcast of the year of our Lord 2017. Here we are. Nicholas David. Matt Kona. Praise the Lord. Oh, hail. Um, Praise the Lord. <laughs> how are you, man? Yeah, this is, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, ha- I'm happy to get, get back into things in 2016 was indeed a crazy year for MMA in general and I right before we clicked it off to start this I was looking back at the all the fights all the fight cards for the year and um, I definitely don't remember it happening like this but there was five title changes like consecutively to, to begin the year so it, it was definitely a strange year it's not very First ever two belts at the same time in two different weight classes. Champion at 205. That's Conor right. Gregor. Yeah. It's, it's seen some people come and go, and it's seen the, some go from unranked to champion in the case of Cody Garbrandt. So, um, so why don't we do this? We'll just go, I'll go, we'll just start right off, put 2016 in the rear view. I'll just list list the event, and we'll talk about the where the two people in the main event are now, and and what there was in 2016. You on right. board for that? Yeah. Well, let me just say something because it just popped into my brain. But be- yeah, before yeah. we move on, that this is our one year anniversary of the show. <laughs> really? Yeah, we've been doing the show for since January of 2016. Oh shit! Yeah, because right after I got back from um, USC 194, we talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, Interesting. I, I was just looking at the uh, where we host our our feeds last week, and I think the first one was on like January 5th or January 8th, something like that. It was the first uh, first podcast that we listed. So, so we've been doing this yeah. for a year now. Crazy. That's right, because I do remember we put it out after um, uh, UFC 195 came out, and I remember people giving me shit that I'm friends with, being like, oh, I can't wait to see what your Lawler Condit preview is on, like, the Wednesday after. So, fuck you. <laughs> but, um, also, a shout-out to Lee Beat in the Beat family listening from Birmingham, UK. Oh, yeah. So, good on you. I don't know what time it is in Birmingham right now, but it's whatever time you listen to this because the podcast is not live. Um, <laughs> so, but speaking of that, Lawler Condit, that was the first main event of 195 and possibly the fight of the year, although there there were some very close candidates later on in the, as the year wound down. So that was the main event. The I think uh, championship. 
Yeah, I think on the, uh, I, I was just scoping them the other day and I didn't, I, I haven't had a chance to go back and like rewatch them all. I've seen all the fights that are on there, but the UFC did a, a countdown of the top 10 fights of 2016 and I'm pretty sure that Lawler Condit was number one. Yeah, it, um, at least on the website it was not. I think the website went with, uh, Duho Choi, but arguably the best it was by far the best championship fight of the year because I think the other second and third place or it doesn't really matter which whichever right you want to rank them if you want to say best championship fight best main event fight and best three round fight I go Diaz McGregor 2 and then Duho Choi versus Cub Swanson um, those fights will get discussed later second event of the year another championship event we were both there and a belt did change hands with the then bantamweight king PJ Dillashaw losing a close split decision. And both of these were split decisions against the man that never lost his crown, Dominic Cruz. And uh, so two title changes, first two events. Then there's a few events that, that were not pay-per-views. Johnson versus Bader in one of the more regrettable performances from now free agent Ryan Bader who has been kind of flirting with Bellator over the last few weeks and I have not heard any any recent news but sometimes Bellator likes to do things theatrical so they're they have an event on Saturday Tito Ortiz final hurrah against the Bellator debuting Shell Sonnen I wonder if Ryan Bader will have some uh announcement to make it that perhaps they bring him out as a guest hmm. uh that's then, a that's been announced that it's tito's last fight yes oh okay yeah. and then hendrix versus thompson where kind of the world got to see how good wonder boy was holy and smokes was, uh, and uh, and also the black beast beating gonzaga uh. Uh, speaking speaking of Hendricks, I, I was just reading that he's going up to 185 to fight Hector Lombard, which sounds like well, originally, which sounds like a terrible that sounds like a terrible decision. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, both of those guys haven't won in four years or something, three years, something ridiculous. Uh, both of those guys had to leave their weight class because of the devastating nature of the cut. So we're going to see a couple of short middleweights. Uh, really trying to damage each other, but I think Hector Lombard. To, uh, I don't know. And he's also uh, a, a whiz on the wrestling mat as well. So, uh, did he get an Olympic medal, or was he just? Yes. Highly, yeah. Yeah. So he's Hector a, Lombard. Yeah, and that's a, supposed to theoretically be at Halifax, possibly as the main event because Stefan Struve fell out against uh, Junior Dos Santos in their rematch. So. Oh, I didn't hear that. That's unfortunate. Yeah, so that could... I don't think that's got enough juice to be a man of that, to be honest. I don't think that two guys on the downslope of their careers... Uh, we'll see what happens. Also, Cowboy versus Cowboy was the main event following that, uh, which was also pretty disappointing. Not that Hendricks Thompson was, unless you're a Hendricks fan, but... And then finally things get a little heated up with another, uh, not a title fight, but the next two events are just big, big name money fights, as they say. 
Silva versus Bisping from London. We all remember it. Uh, first time seeing Silva since the Nate Diaz, uh, excuse me, Nick Diaz fight. A controversial flying knee at the very end of round three where he thought he won the fight and celebrated on there. Yeah, that was a weird one. <laughs> it, was a, it was a weird one, but it, it, it was a pivotal fight for this thing to kind of ride the momentum, which would soon lead later on in the year, spoiler alert, to his eventual uh, first-ever title shot and victory. And of course, after that, the biggest grossing pay-per-view in MMA history, McGregor versus Diaz, uh, where Diaz choked McGregor out in round two via rear naked and uh and Holly Holm lost her belt to Misha Tate and also another submission of the year candidate so uh, that's a very tough act to follow and Mark Hunt versus Frank Mir well they followed it and Frank Mir could have been the last we ever see of him inside of the UFC octagon he was walk away KO'd behind the ear tested positive out of competition sometime after that two-year suspensions um staying in the heavyweights the next event was dos santos versus rothwell from croatia and that was where dos santos just put on a boxing clinic against ben rothwell who was riding high on the momentum of just choking out josh barnett who has never been choked out before that so, was a big so. deal for sure yeah, and people still talk about that. That 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 and the Misha Tate Holly Holm show were all over the submission of the year lists from his, from his go go choke. Right. And uh, I would say it would be my pick as well. Fast forward to a events that I watched in a bar in a casino at a bachelor party. Teixeira versus Evans. Oh yeah. Nothing really to say about that one. Rashad Evans, uh, that's our last time seeing him. He keeps trying to come back this time at middleweight, but um, so far he hasn't found a, a commission to to approve it. Although he's still says he's coming back. And then the next event, UFC 197, which was originally supposed to be McGregor versus... Uh, Rafael dos Santos was instead the return of the king, John Jones, against uh, Ovin St. Preux because Daniel Cormier got injured. So that's when a new, another title change so far. Every event that's had a title, it's, uh, well, not that the title changed from anyone because it was an invented interim championship light heavyweight but not much to say about that event John I mean what was your initial thoughts when John Jones come back did you think it was sustainable that he looked good uh he looked really cautious in that fight you know he was not uh he wasn't taking any chances and you know I, I you know I can't blame him he's coming back after a long layoff and uh, you know, Ovin St. Preux is definitely a dangerous dude. He, he, he clearly did enough to win the fight, but it, it certainly didn't look like the world beater 
that we know John Jones to be. It looked very, yeah. very cautious and very um, premeditated. <laughs> you know, he had a yeah. plan. He I went mean, out there. He stuck to his plan. Uh, he, you know, he 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 didn't take much damage, and he eked out a victory. Yeah, and, and but the thing is that John Jones is still fighting. That I think the thing that people overlook, if someone gets a short notice fight, it's not just the opponent that's filling in for the injured fighter that's fighting on short notice. The original opponent, it's also a short notice fight for him. Jones may have had a full camp of training under him, but it was also training for a guy very much unlike OSP. Yeah, yeah, very, he's got a completely different style and so um, yeah, I could see that being tentative so uh, unfortunately that would be the only John Jones appearance of the year inside the octagon um, and it really kind of tugged at the heartstrings two days before 200 um, the next event was Alistair Overeem doing the karate kid kick for the under chin of Andre Orlovsky in Germany, and Stefan Struve knocking out Bigfoot Silva uh, in under 30 seconds. So, and there's been a lot of heavyweight movement so far in the year, bringing us to one of the best best cards. I would say the Brazilian UFC 200. This was their all-star show uh, down there in Brasilia, Brazil. Fabricio Verdum losing the heavyweight title. Stipe Miocic. That was a shocker. That yeah, was a that big, was not big a big moment. That wasn't not expected. At least for me, I I had my money on. Uh... Yeah, Verdum face. And Verdum face. <laughs> uh, Which were banned from the stadium. Do you remember that? He had like thousands of the cardboard picture with with the eyes out, so fans could put it in front of their face. And uh, it had a banner on it for like a sports betting site. And the UFC is like, yeah, you're not going to use that for your own advertising. So they banned them from the stadium. Some people still snuck them in, including the cut man that, that put the Vaseline on Verdun's face. Kind of amusing. Um, huh. The next event, two bantamweight prospects. On the on the rise, going head to head, and I was dead wrong. I went with Thomas Almeida, but he was KO'd inside the first round by Cody No Love Garbrandt, putting on a show in his second fight of the year. Second fight of the year for Garbrandt. Um, and okay, so so far the title changing hand streak, except for the interim one, is intact. Rockhold yeah, I think we've had, we had we had three titles that have changed hands at least twice this year. There have been three titles that have had two have had three titles have had three different champions at least this year that I can think of. Okay, I can um, I can think of two off the top of my head. Um, well, I mean, unless you want to get into the fucking interim. No, 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 no. The yeah. the women's bantamweight. Change hands twice. Uh, well, um, and then it started the year with uh, with 
Polly. Right. So it changed hands once already to Misha. Right. It's going to change change it uh, a second time at 200. So yeah, there's right. three so, champions. So it's had three champions. Uh, the men's bantamweight and the men's lightweight. Yeah. Men's lightweight. Yeah, yeah, that's true. DeSantis, Alvarez, McGregor. And, and I guess technically he's featherweight, but that's the interim. Did you say McGregor? Yeah, but that's what I was, I was leaving out interims. Yeah, I was leaving out interims. I'm just saying full on champions. There have been three, yeah. three, three of them that have had three different champions in, in the year of 2016. Pretty yeah. nuts. Yeah. Uh, but I should mention that the co-main event of USC 199 did feature the first defense of the title where it didn't change hands, which was Dominic Cruz defeating Uriah Faber by unanimous decision before the uh, left hook from heard from around the world on two weeks' notice when Michael Bisping knocked out Luke Rockhold. Just a stunning, stunning win. And then we saw the finale of Rory McDonald's USC career, at least for the time being. Uh, in my prediction, it, it, it's... I, I wish him all the luck in the world with Bellator, but the, you have a, a nose broken that severely. I get three times now, because... Apparently, it broke in training between UFC 189 and the fight night in June of 2016 last year. And then Thompson broke it in real bad. It's like, you can't, I don't know, what do you, you can't have like a titanium bridge of your nose put in there. It's, it's kind of always going to be the spot that someone targets. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's um, like, it's like a lot of the different, UFC stars that have come over to Bellator, I feel like there's not uh, uh, there's not going to be a lot of people that can keep up with and and put Rory McDonald to the test. You know, he's top yeah. he's top five in the world at that weight class, and I don't think there's any top five in the world guys in Bellator at that weight class. So. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I foresee him becoming the champion and hanging on to it for as long as he feels like hanging out at Bellator until the UFC goes. All right, well, you've strung together six wins, so let's bring you back into the UFC, and then we can start a new storyline with you. And you went away, and you you became a champion somewhere else, and you got a bunch of wins, and now you're back here again. You know, in in a, yeah. a year and a half or two years or whatever it is. Uh, you know, I feel that way about a lot of the guys that are heading over there. That, but I felt that way about Henderson. I thought he was going to steamroll guys over there, and he has had a tough go at it. So yeah, his his one win was an injury victory. Right. And he he got res, resoundingly thrashed for the welterweight championship against uh, Koreshnikov. Yeah, Koreshnikov beat the brakes off him. Yeah, and he then like later dropped it. Actually, at the event. Uh, just a little side note, some of you may know that I went to your C205, but when I was there, the Friday, um, we went to a bar to watch. We went to Dave and Buster's, which is advertised by Bellator, inside Times Square, and despite the fact that there was Bellator cardboard cutouts and signs all around there, uh, it was not on TV until we asked for it to be on. 
it took them a long time to find the channel. Weird. And, <laughs> That's so and, weird. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I wonder if I the UFC paid them. <laughs> like, I hope you do. You got Liam McGeary standing over the host table. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we eventually did see it, and I was very surprised. It was, uh, to see it, the main event happen like that. But we're, we're, I, I, we could, I guess we could go through the, the year in Bellator, but I would have almost nothing to offer. Um, the next one was it's the day before, it's a lead up to UFC 200, Dos Anjos versus Alvarez, uh, where the, the, the king was killed by the underground king. And that was severe. That was the closest thing to the Ronda Rousey, Amanda Nunes knockout where someone was out on their feet and you're just hoping that they fall down so things can end. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so that's part of the three-day lead-up to 200. The night before, the strawweight championship was uh, defended for the first of two times in the year with Joanna uh, beating Claudia and Gadelia. But, of course, Team Claudia won the, that season of Tufts, the lowest rated in history. So I think that's the more the moral <laughs> victory. Uh, um, and then 200, just the one title fight. Women's bantamweight, Misha Tate, getting annihilated by Amanda Nunes, which could, uh, which, which has become a pattern. Now, this is the third fight. So this was pointed out by Ariel Holwani, but I, I thought it was kind of a neat statistic that I didn't even recognize. But Amanda Nunes w- was, uh, on three of the biggest shows of the year. She was on UFC 196. In the undercard, UFC 200, and then UFC 207. So, wow. I don't. I don't think that that general that means it will generate the fans, but the fans that were watching some of the most popular events definitely saw her fight. So, well, if you were not a fan after seeing her dismantle Ronda Rousey, then you're just not a fan of mixed martial arts. You're just a fan of pop culture, which I think is there. There's a lot of people that watch UFC that are just fans of pop culture. They're fans of whoever yeah. the UFC parades around in front as their mascot. Uh, but if you're, if you're a real fan of mixed martial arts and you watched how she just thrashed the shit out of Rousey and you're not a fan yeah. of hers afterwards, then you're just not a fan of mixed martial arts because she's yeah. bad to the bone. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. She put a clinic on that girl. So. Yep. That was just a bizarre night. UFC 200. So much expectation. It was the final pay-per-view of the Zufa era. The next day, it was announced on Sunday, late Sunday night going into Monday, that the UFC had been sold for $4.5 billion to WEM. Uh, which was, which I, had I been did. leaked, which had been leaked for like a couple weeks before that, or two, three, four weeks before that had been leaked, and which, uh, Dana so, White, yeah, Dana White vehemently denied. Yeah, a lot of names are leaked that it ended up not being a part of it. Some other companies in the bidding, including owners of the New England Patriots, were in some some group. But uh, yeah, and that turned out to be a whole storyline in its own. The new owners have since still not spoken publicly since the since the purchase. Uh, it's been panned 
in Forbes magazine and financial institutions as a irresponsible risk, the loan that they had to they had to take up a loan for almost half that amount to buy it. But Lorenzo Fertitta is counting that money somewhere from a giant beard. Well, uh, you and know what? I, for what it's worth, I think that the Fertitas got out right exactly at the right time. Oh my God! It was it was the perfect dismount on the eve of fighter unions, the Ali Act. Yeah, McGregor getting all this power, Ronda Rousey getting all this power, not wanting to talk to the media. Fuck this, I'm out. You I guys. think they saw. They think they saw what was happening, and they were like, "Yeah, people want to buy it, and this is the time to move on." I think they were they were very smart about it, you know. Yeah. And Dana White's still making you know hundred million dollars a year or whatever ridiculous amount of money that he makes, still being the president. So he got whatever yeah. cut. Whatever percentage that he owned in the UFC, he got paid that. <laughs> plus, mm-hmm. plus now he's still, you know, getting a paycheck as the president. Uh, oh yeah, things are pretty sweet if you're if you're the star of YouTube, Dana White looking for a fight. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, so almost done. The summertime, the one actually a, a, a much better card, but well. Well, low, lower in viewers was McDonald versus Lineker, that fight from Sioux Falls, North Dakota, and very underrated random Wednesday night show. Uh, and then Holm versus Shevchenko the following night, and now you have both of those, uh, women, even though Holly Holm was her second straight loss, she, she's gonna be competing for the women's featherweight title in the inaugural bout against Joanne Durandamy next month in Brooklyn. And he's got Shevchenko. It's just, you, you know, I've got, I have to just stop you again uh, uh, to point out how thin the, <laughs> the women's mixed martial arts is that someone that is coming off of two losses is now granted a title shot. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I know I've, I know I've kind of beaten this horse a little bit and I, you know, it's getting better. The fighters are getting better. Um, but the breadth and the depth is not there. You know, I, I think that, I think that they, it, it depends on how you want to look at it. If you want to look at it for a business decision, then I'm sure they did the right thing because they brought in women, which men will watch irrespective of their talents because they're women and men are pigs, <laughs> you know? So they just go, oh, look at Misha Tate. She's got big, fake tits. Great. Uh, I'm a fan of hers. Yeah, and, and, and so, and so, you know, you, they, the UFC is, is definitely preying on that demographic to an extent. So if you're looking at it from a fighting standpoint, they jump the gun, uh, in, in, in bringing, mixed martial arts into everyone's living room uh, into bringing women's mixed martial arts in as hard and as fast as they did and it's not it's not a sexist thing I don't you know I, I know I've said it here before it's not there just is not there aren't the amount of women human beings that do mixed martial arts if you go into a gym there's 150 guys and four women. 
So, yeah. you know, you just have a, you just have way less, uh, human beings to choose from. It's not a, it's not a, it's not that I, I don't think that they have the ability to do it. I do, they definitely do. I think women definitely have just as much ability to fight as men do. Uh, but they just don't have the experience. You know, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a much newer thing. Guys have been doing it now for 23 years or whatever it is since the first UFC. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, women have been doing it for the last like 10. So guys have a 13 year jump on them. And it's, uh, it's just a male dominated sport anyways. Uh, there's not, aren't as many women that want to punch other women in the face professionally as there are men that want to do that. So, anyways, that's my soap opera. It's just, it's just, it was just interesting to me that, you know, you're giving this, this person who's coming off of two losses the opportunity to fight for a title. Uh, there's not, you don't find that a lot in any kind of professional sports or professional combat Unless sports you're for sure. talking about the men's light heavyweight belt where Alexander Gustafsson came off two losses. And then fought for the title against Daniel Cormier. That's a weird thing. It's you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird thing. <laughs> so the, right now there are twenty three women's bantamweights listed on the UFC roster. Um, okay. Which and it's no secret that bantamweight was kind of a, a a division that wasn't as deep. So I will say that strawweight is a much deeper division. There's almost there's close to twice as many fighters on it. I, I don't want to waste the time and count them all here on Wikipedia in front of you, but um, there's almost twice as many strawweight fighters. I think what the UFC should have done, I, I know that their hand was kind of forced into making this fight because they have to make money. They have to justify this four-point five billion dollar purchase 4.2 whatever it is because they need to have a headliner that's a title fight which i i think is not true but they they just couldn't justify a pay-per-view with a non-title holly home during demand in fight and of course ideally cyborg will be the one going for that because that's the division that she should have been fighting in this whole time in the UFC, instead she's fought two 140-pound fights for no reason, going through what we've now all seen on ESPN to be terrible, harmful, scary weight cuts. But instead they've opened up the 145 division, and they don't have many true 145ers. So what they can do now is ask women who are bantamweights that don't want to cut as much weight if they want to go up and fight a 145 and there's just not many fights to make. Like, I don't even think if they made a top 15, they would be able to fill all of the spots. Unless I they, seriously doubt it. <laughs> and, but, but I will say this and, and the UFC Fight Pass shows a lot of other promotions, um, on their streaming service tonight, even. I know this isn't going up tonight, but. Alaska Fighting Championship is at 11 p.m. Do you want to watch it? Last Friday, I watched Canadian TKO from Montreal for a little while. And on Saturday, was Invicta. And I watched that whole card, 
And you know what? I highly recommend it. I think it was a very exciting car. There was one fight that ended with uh, someone tapping out right after the, the horn went off at the end of round one. It continued. And then at the end of round three, the woman who had tapped choked out her opponent unconscious. She was unconscious before the final bell, but the ref didn't know it because her eyes were still open, and she ends up getting her hand raised and winning by Oh, I saw, yeah, I saw that. I saw a report on that. I, I didn't see the fights, but I did see, uh, I did see, yeah. I did see somebody brought that up somewhere. I forget what show it was I was watching, but I did, I did see that happen. Yeah, so they had, uh, and then the main event, it was, for the interim featherweight championship because Cyborg is still the Invicta featherweight championship. After her debut for the UFC in Brazil, she still said when asked what's next, she had the opportunity to call out Ronda Rousey and was completely kind of criticized for it, I think rightfully so. She didn't take that opportunity. She said, I wanted to defend my featherweight belt. What is that? You're in a stadium in Brazil and you're saying that you want your next step you're going from pay-per-view. You want to be your next step to be in front of 2,000 people in Kansas City on UFC Fight Pass for free? <laughs> I don't know. Well. But I will, what I will say is the best part, uh, the, the main event was great. Megan Anderson ended up becoming the interim Strawway champion, and they did the interview in the, in the cage after. And then after it was over, she, she said one more thing. She said, hey, Dana White, you tell whoever wins, Holly and Durandamine, to keep that belt warm because I'm fucking coming to get it. So she, kudos to Megan Anderson for calling her shot. Oh, good. Because uh, that is a excitement. That's champion versus champion. People know about Invicta. People know that's where Cyborg came from. A lot of women fighters have come up the ranks through there. And to have... Someone who's a natural featherweight, she is a big girl. Like, I don't think that she could make bantamweight. Right. Um, if you get more of those, uh, then it's going to be more exciting. But the problem is that you don't want it to be the super heavyweight division of the women's ranks of the UFC, which is seldom used and seldom respected. So... Um, yeah, I, I'm a little uh, intrigued, and I, I'm going to be in Brooklyn for that, and possibly, do you think it's for, Anderson Silva says he wants to fight one more time in Brazil after this. Or he didn't say one more time, but he said at least one more time. Right. So, um, but he's going against Derek Brunson this time. Uh, I get a lot of thoughts on it, but maybe we'll do that in the, a little bit closer to, to the event. Yeah. Um, okay, well, where I, are we in the two? Go ahead. Okay, well, the 2016 timeline, I was just kind of jumping back to it real quick. Bobby Lawler gets stunned by Tyron Woodley at UFC 201, and now I'm wondering if that's the last we've seen of Robbie Lawler. The, the, the two fights that he had before this were both fight of the years. Yeah, that was um, some knockdown dragouts. And this one, he was just shot. I, I actually picked Woodley in this fight for that reason just because the man has seen so much damage and only so much you can take and he was fighting seven no yeah seven months after the january fight but but still not soon enough i mean i think he came back too soon rather um hmm. 
when they took his belt. And then next event, Caceres versus Rodriguez. Yeah, exciting main event. We kind of got to see more of Yair, who was a highly touted prospect, and uh, Caceres certainly held his own in that as well. And then back to 2000, 202 rather, Diaz versus McGregor, the rematch um, from August 20th. Not a title fight again, but perhaps the last, or the, uh, the setup to the final chapter when they do decide to fight again right. somewhere down the line. Um, next event was Maya versus Condit, where, like, I, what can you say about about this one? Uh, Damian Maya just boa constrictor his way around Carlos Condit, one of the most deadly strikers. I don't think landed a single strike. He, as soon as he switched stances, Maya went for that leg and didn't let go until he was tapping out from under him. So that was certainly a shocking development in. And Condit hasn't been seen since then and has talked about retiring as well. So what do you do? What do you do when you're so talented but you have a losing UFC record? I mean, it's kind of crazy to think I that. Think I, think think Bellator. Bellator. <laughs> I think you go to Bellator. I think you go to Bellator and you fight Rory McDonald yeah, I again. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I think oh, that's yeah. what happens. I think Rory McDonald goes over there, he cleans out the division, and then Condit comes over and tries to... Get it, get in over there. That's yeah, what I see happening. Business. Mm. And then the uh, maybe contender for we we talk a lot about fighter of the year. Cody, Cody Garbrandt going from unranked to champion, having um, three knockouts and then one five round decision against the the master of five round decisions. Possibly a candidate for non fighter of the year. Hardest luck story. Andre Orlovsky, who suffered another um, beatdown by uh, Josh Barnett in UFC Fight Night from uh, Hamburg, Hamburg, Germany. Uh, next event, another yeah, and he's got he has a he has a fight coming up. Just a, a, a side note, next week oh, he's yeah. he's fighting Francis yeah. Ngannou, who is fucking terrifying. I know. I saw the man in person, and I was scared. So the, I, I think this might be Orlovsky's last fight. Yeah, <laughs> uh, coming soon to a Matt Mitrione fight in Bellator in a, or a Fedor rematch, right? They saw each other. Yeah, um, yeah. Orlovsky, perhaps. Uh, speaking of international heavyweight, the next fight I, I attended in Cleveland, Cleveland Rocks, City of Champions, UFC two or three, where. Miocic successfully defended his title, becoming the second champion to successfully defend a belt this year behind Dominic Cruz. Uh, we defended it against uh, the California kid, Uriah Faber, prior to that. Poirier versus Johnson from the fight mecca of Hidalgo, Texas, was the next main event. Um, I lost some money on that. I'm not talking about it. Following one, perhaps the swan song from Cyborg, or at least we'll find out when her banned substance 
hearing comes back, but that was from um, in from Brazil. Cyborg defeated Landsberg in the second round. The Elbow Princess, who is very pretty, but that's based on the photo before the fight. <laughs> Move on. Move on to the little fellas, Lineker versus Dodson, and. Uh, an exciting five-round split decision win for Lineker, who is kind of in the land of wind and ghosts right now after T.J. Dillashaw would break his jaw later on in the year. And then, up another title defense, the third in a row, Michael Bisping in the retirement fight against Dan Henderson. America versus the U.K. Uh-huh. The U.K. won. It's kind of like the man in the high castle, but with the Revolutionary War. Uh, speaking of the change of the change of the guard, Rafael dos Anjos fighting Tony Ferguson. Ferguson looked really good over five rounds. Yeah, he looked amazing Dos-Anos in that fight. Has since left the lightweight division. Yeah, uh, Ferguson looked amazing in that fight. Now, what do you think? Just I know it's we're skipping way ahead, a couple events ahead, but do you think that after, if you're going by this footage of Dos Anjos, who is more of a, I would say he's more of a kickboxer than he is um, a wrestler, but, but he does have good wrestling credentials. Do you think yeah, I mean, he's a he's a he's a super high level black belt in jujitsu. So yes. he's a really legitimate jujitsu guy. What's your question? <laughs> my my um, my question is like, hey, why don't we see him use the jujitsu more? And do you think that this was an indicator of how well Ferguson could possibly do like an NF Sambo's much different? Dude, if Nurmagomedov is on a whole different level, if that's where you're going, Nurmagomedov is on a whole different level, and I don't think. I mean, I think it's going to be hard for anybody to stop him. I, I can't mm-hmm. see I can't see anybody dealing with his high pressure wrestling. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a big Tony Ferguson fan, and uh, you know I, I really like the way he fights. I really like his approach to fighting, but when you get someone that can shoot. And is that accurate? And can put that pressure on you? There's not, it doesn't matter how pretty your stand up is. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter how, uh, you, you know, how, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, unorthodox you get as a striker. If somebody can shoot and put your back on the mat, that stuff's not going to matter. So, yeah, and I think that's what's going to happen. Especially you see the way that Ferguson moves. He he stays very upright. His his stance is almost no stance. Mm-hmm. He almost stands with his uh, his feet parallel to each other, and so he can kind of move in or out of southpaw and orthodox. And I think that's a disaster waiting to happen if you have a guy that can take you down 
can beat on you while he controls you the way Khabib can. Mm. <laughs> if you just want to touch on the like the main like the just the pay per views for the rest of the year, I gotta kind of get in here pretty quickly. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, well, the next one is a pay per view, and then. This, well, the Mothers of the Mall, three title fights in one, UFC 205. Uh, I was there for it. History was made. Um, one belt changed hands, one belt was defended, and one belt was a draw. And so you want us? Stay the, stay the course. Woodley didn't lose. <laughs> and Alvarez was taken to school. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> so then there was that. The, so the last three pay per views of the year were really good. The 206, of course. Canada. Say what you will about the interim featherweight title, but an amazing night of fights. The final fight of Tim Kennedy's career. And then 207. Possibly the site of Ronda Rousey's career and the birth of a new bantamweight champion, Cody Garbrandt. So, yeah, if you have any thoughts on those or looking ahead, Nick, you can kind of control the conversation from there. I'm going to have a coughing fit, so I'm going <laughs> to mute my microphone for a minute. But, yeah. Well, I guess I just wanted to talk about the, uh, so next week, the UFC on Fox, uh, 23, Shevchenko versus Pena is coming up. It's a, it's a really good card. Um, you know, that's the main event, the co-main Donald Cerrone versus Jorge Masvidal. That's a great fight. Like I said earlier in the conversation, Andre Olofsky versus Francis Ngannou, which is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Alex, Cas- we yeah. Alex Caceres versus Jason Knight is on that card. Sam Alvey versus Nate Marquardt. Um, you know, it's a, it's a really... scheduled from Albany. You got a Sun Sal versus Punkmaster, Aljermaine Sterling. That's right. And uh, I, I talked to Juliana Pena a few days ago, and she's wanted to do an interview, so it may or may not be at the end of this podcast. So uh, <laughs> listen in for that. Um, and I also, I spoke with, um, with Donnie Villanueva from, uh, LCCT from Chicago, which is where Juliana, Juliana moved from. She's not living in Washington anymore. She's not training with the, um, uh, the sick jitsu guys anymore. Uh, I mean, I think she, they're still all friendly and whatnot, but she moved to Chicago to train at LCCT, uh, under Luis Claudio, who also trains, um, Ben Rothwell, and then uh, just recently, um, Yair Rodriguez is now training with him too. So he was at uh, I saw uh, in in uh, some of the lead up videos, um, they had they had him. Uh, um, my buddy Donnie Villanueva, who trains at LCCT, he said he has a lot of information for us, and he'd like to share some stuff with us. So uh, I might have an interview with him at the end of the show as well. Uh, I also spoke with Art Davies, uh, one of the founders of the UFC, and he is also willing to do an interview, so it won't be on this one, but he's, he's filming a movie right now, which I, um, I haven't looked into what that's about. I think it's, 
probably about the UFC, I'm guessing. Um, but he's filming, he's filming a movie and that's coming up in the next like three weeks or a month. So he said after he's done with that, he'd like to revisit doing a little interview. So I got those things to look forward to. Oh, uh, speaking of this, I'm, I, I'm just giving you this info now. Speaking of movies, <laughs> I wanted to do this last, last year sometime so the two of us get together and either watch and do commentary or just watch and react to, but I explored, it's been 11.99. I got a copy of, uh, Sight Valley starring Misha Tate, Holly Holm, and Cyborg. Oh! <laughs> Alright. Yeah, we could do like yeah. a mystery science theater. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, I'm down for that. That we sounds just, like we fun. We call it, uh, MMA Story Science Theater. Perfect. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to, I uh, wanted to share, uh, cause I, I haven't been able to verify this or not, but it sure sounded like, uh, Ben Saunders gave us a shout out when he was giving thanks after his <laughs> win. So, yeah. but in true, uh, MMA maniacs shout out <laughs> fashion, he pronounced it the MMA maniacs. Um, yeah. <laughs> so We're there, it, there is, there is an MMA maniacs thing on Facebook, but nobody's posted on it for a couple of years. <laughs> so I don't think it's that. And it only had like no, 800, it had like 800 likes and nobody's, like I said, nobody's looked into it for, uh, for since sometime in 2015. So I don't think it was yeah. that. Uh, but we haven't even had him on the podcast yet. We've talked to him, I've talked to him a couple of times about coming on. And the other weird part of it was that after, after he did that, I was like, huh, let me go send him an email and ask him if that's what, <laughs> oh, yeah. and he had defriended me. He had defriended me on Facebook. So, hey, so uh, you can def- hey, you mentioned me on national TV. You can defriend me. That's, that's fine. right. Right. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. We got to play so, that. That'll be a part of our little sound flip culture. Yeah. We might put that, put that in the, uh, in the intro credits somewhere. In the uh, little intro yeah. song, what have you? Yeah. So I got to get into my gig. I got to get into my gig okay, and start next. getting uh, getting everything ready. It was good talking to you. I'm glad we uh, yeah. we clicked one off for the 2017 year, and we're going to be yeah. a little more vigilant about doing this in a more consistent manner for all of you that are gracious enough to lend your ears to us. We appreciate your patronage, and uh, we hope you'll continue to listen to us in the new year. And I expect we'll do some fun stuff this year. Um, Absolutely. And uh, hopefully tune back in next week and we'll give you a little closer look at UFC on Fox from Denver as we get into that. So let's dig into that Mazadal Cowboy matchup more as well as Pena Shevchenko. Cool. Hallelujah. Emma Maniacs right. over and out. Peace. The following is an interview that I did with Donnie Villanueva from LCCT in Schaumburg, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. He's one of the instructors there, uh, under Luis Claudio, who's the head instructor there. And there's a lot of MMA fighters that are flocking there to get their jiu-jitsu instruction. Um, Yair Rodriguez is there now, Juliana Pena, Ben Rothwell, um, the guys from Sick Jitsu fly out from... Um, from Washington regularly to come train with him. Um, but he has some good information about some fighters and about the school, and please give it a listen. Donnie! Hey, what's up? How you doing, my man? Good, good. How's everybody doing? 
Good, good, good. Just cold and icy. <laughs> I'm sure you're probably the same. Out there, <laughs> out there right? Yeah, out here it's not as bad. It warmed up today. Oh, nice. Yeah, everything kind of melted. It's like forty. It's been like this for the last few days. So everything melted. It's been raining. Oh yeah, we had a we had a yeah we had a rainstorm last night, so it was super icy. I had a gig down in Rhode Island. It was like two hours away, so I had to creep home because <clears throat> it, was, it was all just ice out. So, I, uh, okay. Normally, I do like ninety miles an hour home, but I was doing like sixty, <laughs> fifty. And y'all, there's other cars can't drive. Yeah, well, you get people in SUVs that think they're indestructible because they have a four wheel drive. And realize right. that uh, they can't stop any faster just because they have four-wheel drive. <laughs> right, right. How's everything with you? Pretty good, man. Everything's real well. Yeah, I've been I've been seeing a lot of uh, a lot of new stuff happening over there. You guys got a new school man. going? Yeah, it's getting crazy, man. And we're gonna open up the place next door, which is waiting on the city. For the occupancy license, the approval from the fire department and stuff. Yeah. The place next door is double the size. Is it still? Is it now? Oh. We're keeping all three. Oh really? Yeah, because the place next door was actually two storefronts put in one. He knocked down their wall, so it's like double the size of our gym now, or our dojo is now. And we're keeping ours, and we're taking over the place next door. It's huge because it's going to be like three times the size the gym is growing. Wow. Everything in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's real big. It's gonna be real nice. Cool. So, so you get, so you have it, there's yeah, a, have, there's a brand new school though too, right? Well, it's our, it's our school. It's our gym and we're just expanding. We're adding that new addition. Oh, okay. So over there, over there we're gonna put a boxing ring. We got more mat space for another separate class. We're gonna do like a Muay Thai class or kickboxing class, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then we had like weights, like bumper plates and like sled pushes. We got all the fitness equipment. We got a lot of space for that. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, for like strength and agility drills and things and stuff. And then, uh, we're probably gonna end up adding the cage. We're gonna have to build that from scratch, but that might be more in the future. Not right away. But we're just trying to get that place up and going now. Cause well, it's getting so big where that classes are like, having like 30 people. Wow, that's Every great. Class. Yeah, it's huge growing, so we're gonna have to add more stuff, more classes. That's good, and that's cool. Julianne has, uh, has moved over to Chicago to train with you guys full time, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, she made her move, yup. She's out here now. She's, um, she's actually just, she went to, um, Denver over the weekend. She's going on Sunday, so, she went with the conditioning coach and Luis's brother, Thiago. So they're just, and her other coach, Rick Little, met her out there too. And they're all out there training. They ran out of the house. So they're getting her body used to the altitude. So, so, um, and, uh, Bullet, Valentina did the same thing. She was out there on Saturday. So they're out there getting ready for the altitude change because it takes about two weeks. Right, to right. To fully adjust. <clears throat> Yeah, that's a good move. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're on it, man. It's probably her best camp so far. As far as her, um, her cardio, her strength, her weight where it's at, um, her 
not like overtraining or anything. Like her diet was so on point. It's probably the best shape she's ever been. That's great. Yeah, I'm expecting her to win pretty fast. Make her look bad. Probably worse than uh, yeah, he did BJ Penn. Really? <laughs> Something like that, but wow. more different on the ground and just finish her. Take her on the first round. Submit her or ground and pound. The fight's in it. I don't see Valentino surviving. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen her ground game really, you know. We've just seen that she's a, she's a, you know, pretty good stand-up. Yeah, yeah, she's very, uh, very technical. And, you know, we watched so much tape of her. And, um, the fight she lost against, um, Nunes, she was getting beat up pretty bad in, uh, some of the middle rounds. Even though she did have a late comeback in the fight. But she showed that she's very susceptible to takedowns, and when she's on the ground, she kind of doesn't have direction on how to escape. Right. We establish her guard or have any sort of attacks on the ground, so we never seen her do anything on the ground. She's definitely mm-hmm. a stand-up person, a striker. Right. Yeah, for we'll sure. Make you look bad. Yeah, we. I've I watched a lot of her. Uh, we watched a lot of her footage, and uh, we never seen her come away with any big knockouts or anything. Right. For striking, so um, definitely in the women's division, women don't have that that knockout power you know to take people out it's, it's it, you don't see it as often it's there some people have it yeah well you, know, you see you know, Nunez <laughs> yeah Nunez has it um you see it with home it, you know what I'm saying the few out there that's done it but um we don't see Valentina doing that you know what I'm saying right right she'll make you look bad I'll box you I never seen her crack somebody and put them out right so you know, I mean, definitely we're not going to hang out on our feet and stay there. That fight's going to get, it's going to get to the ground one way or another. To close the distance and try to finish her. So it's forever, pretty much as quick as possible. So what do you see yeah. if she comes, if, if Juliana comes up with a really decisive victory, uh, you think she's next in line for a title shot? Yeah, well, they're definitely saying it on the, like if you watch the commercials or any of the, of the previews of this fight, they're saying whoever wins this is next for a title shot. Um, yeah, I'm just asking like what you know. guys think because I know I know they say a lot of things on the on the preview shows that afterwards Dana White will either negate or or it changes or you know. Changes mind, yeah, yeah. But I think right now, definitely winner of this, especially if it's Juliana. Winner of this should, should come away and get the title shot. For the simple fact that, um, Juliana has a loss in the UFC. Right. She beat Kat Ngano, who was the one that beat Nunez. Right. So, she kind of makes it look bad. And, and definitely, and she didn't finish Valentina. Uh, Nunez didn't. So I think if she walked in with a finish, kind of puts the pressure back on Nunez. Like, look, this girl did what, against the fighters you fought, but made you look bad. Yeah, because if she finished Valentina, like I think, that's something Nunes couldn't do. And she got finished by uh, <clears throat> by Catangano, so that's something that she ain't one help her in two different fights. I don't see why she wouldn't get a title shot. Yeah, and I don't even see why why Valentina's even ranked this high. Like that's pretty ridiculous. She lost. She only had three fights in the UFC. She lost one of them to Nunes. And she only won two by decision. So, how does she jump all the way up three, uh, two and one against, uh, ahead of Juliana? So, it's kind of 
Yeah, well, especially since Juliana's undefeated. It's a it's a real weird ranking system in the UFC, and I think it has a lot more to do with who they think is marketable and can sell tickets more than who is actually as more of a talented fighter, which which doesn't make much sense to me because I think Juliana is probably more marketable. But you know they have they have these different they have these different markets that they're trying to get into. And they're trying to get into you know when they're trying to get into Mexico, they're 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 putting all their Mexican fighters forward, and they're trying to uh, you know get into. Poland, they're putting all our Polish fighters forward. You know, it's just, it's, it's just, uh, you know, they're, when they're trying to get into different markets, they tend to try and, and, uh, put those people. Fans, yeah, right. They're trying to gain more fans, which is, yeah. you know. Makes sense. It's just I what mean, any no. business would do, right? You know? If, if you're, if you're yeah, a toothpaste yeah, company, you want to sell as much toothpaste as you can. If you're a, you know, if you're a, a fight company, you want as many fans to watch your fights as you can get to watch them, so. Uh, but it's, but it's, uh, you know, it's certainly not the, it's certainly not the ranking system that people come up with outside of uh, specific organizations. You know, if you look at like Sure Dog or, you know, any of the, any other, uh, major MMA webzines or websites, you see a whole different ranking system than what the UFC has up. Uh, That's very true. That's very true that you say that too, so. Well, because people outside also, don't have a vested interest in it. They're not. Adding to what you're saying, adding to what you're saying with the, um, I'm going to leak some information that's not supposed to be leaked, but this is your show and you're my boy. I'm going <laughs> to fill you in on something new that's, it's kind of happening, but nobody's not, I'm not even going to open my mouth up, but I'm going to do it anyways. All right. To me. But, um, Breaking news. Yai's, uh, uh, last fight was really, you know, really, really important for him to be the legend the way he did. Like he, dominated. It was a great performance. Everybody got to watch that. He is being put on this pedestal now. Like, they're looking at him as the next big thing. Like, they were doing for the Mexicans with King Velasquez. Yeah, they yeah. They King Velasquez aside. Now with Yais, the next rising star, being so young and flashy and talented, they're kind of giving him that spotlight. And um, they're actually making a documentary on him that's going to be coming out soon. No shit. Yeah. Is it yeah. it's produced by the UFC or? I don't even know who they produce for. It's a, it's a documentary. I think it's going to be one of these film festivals. I'm not sure, but it's going to come out in a film festival first. So he's getting a docu- documentary made. Also, he's going to be, um, his sponsorship with, with Reebok. I don't know how to say it, but they're kind of like focusing on him now. So he's going to be more of the poster boy of Reebok as well. Wow. So they're, yeah, he's getting in that, in that limelight now, so look out for that coming up. I just found out actually last night, I wasn't supposed to say nothing, but um, I'm leaving it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, definitely some juicy stuff. I didn't Enjoy know it either, and, and that came in, so that was pretty cool. Oh, that's great. And the kid, the kid is phenomenal. Um, yeah, he's bad, man. Get a train when I trained with him, I trained with him before, for um, when he won the UFC, the Ultimate Fighter. Well, when he won the show and he had to do the finale in Mexico City, but right before that, I got to train with him a little bit. Yeah. And my buddy, um, Dennis Dombo, he's actually a, uh, a local champ out here in, in um, Indiana. He's a 135 and a bantamweight champion. He's also a, a black belt on a Luis Claudio. He's an MMA fighter. Yeah. Um, he, 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 uh, cornered him for the show in Mexico City. So, I got to work with him. I think it was after that. After he won that, the show. Yeah. Um, I got to work with, uh, Yaid a few times. 
and now he's full time with our gym. And we came back, he's working with us, and and the kid is ground game is pretty sick, pretty phenomenal. Like the stuff he pulls off on his feet, his creativity, and his acrobatics, the ability he can weigh with, he does the same on the ground. Really? Wow, and we haven't yeah. even really seen that yet. We haven't got a chance to see that. I mean, I got the feeling to see it because I'm always training with some probably the closest guy in my gym to BJ Penn's height and size. Yeah. So they kind of use me as his butt, as his, you know, as a sparring partner for, for jiu-jitsu training, you know, and this guy was pulling out these moves. He could hit flying arm bars. Like, we just showing him all this new stuff. And he's like a sponge. He just soaks it up. He runs so fast. Ah, that's he great. so humble and coachable. It's pretty crazy, his instinct. Um, it's funny, they took him to a shooting range a little while ago. Um, and, uh, he shot with a nine millimeter and, uh, they were, they were gonna put the, the target about 15 yards away. And, um, he was like, no, no, that's too close. Push it back further. So they pushed it back 21 yards away, 21 feet away, I'm sorry. 15 feet away, and he pushed it back even further, 20, 21 feet. When he shot the target, he was within six inches in the, in, in the middle of the target. So pretty much with your hands in cover, that's where he was shooting all of his bullets. Wow. And he was shooting rapid. He wasn't shooting slow, he was shooting rapid. They were saying, uh, the guy that was shooting, he goes to our gym. He, you know, he works with guns, he's like an instructor for shooting and yeah. stuff. Um, he was saying that, like, that kid's hand eye coordination is like no other, he says. He's a kid of a sniper. <laughs> like, Crazy. with hands and feet, also with a pistol, so. Yeah, he's saying he's a special breed, you know, like, to shoot that good and that fast, you know. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of little stories of this guy. Like, he's, he's definitely a gem. You know, I'm excited to see him. I know that division is very stacked at the 45, but, um, it, it's exciting to have, uh, somebody on our team that's, that's banging with the big boys, you know, and definitely top 10. So, it's pretty cool to see that and watch that, you know, and development too. Like, even in the last few weeks, how much he learned. It's crazy how much someone can learn at that age, you know. But it's it's cool, and he's a very humble, very good kid, you know. I can tell so, it, it gets it gets a lot harder as you get older. <laughs> definitely, definitely, he's in a good. He's a, he's a, he has a lot of upside. He's so young. Yeah, a lot of upside for him, you know. Yeah, he was. Uh, he usually comes to the kids' class. He will take pictures. He was to come sign autographs, but he had to go to Mexico to visit his family and stuff. But when he comes back. Probably gonna come, do a little autograph signing and stuff for the kids' class. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's Very great. humble kid, you know. Nice. Good guy. Yes. So right now I'm gonna break from them too, from him and Julie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Getting banged up, yeah, training with them is pretty rough, so I'm like trying to keep up with them. It's crazy. But uh it's good. They got a big win. And we got the next one coming up. So that's definitely should put us in line. And anything coming up with Ben? What's up? Anything coming up with Ben Rothwell? Ben, um, I know he was, he was injured. He had a torn ACL, actually, during his last fight. Right. He didn't know. His, his knee was bugging him during that camp. And, uh, during the fight with, uh, Junior, Junior Los Santos, he, uh, his knee was already torn going into that fight. He didn't know. Nobody knew. His knee was hurting him. He got beat pretty bad in that fight. You know, he wasn't able to keep up with the speed or distance to cover that. And, um, after he went and got an MRI and his ACL was torn. So he went under surgery after that fight and 
yeah, he's fully recovered. He's training again. He, you know, he's cleared. Oh, good. Know, building back his knee up and stuff. So we don't know what's in store for him in the next, in the future. But uh, we're probably like maybe they're, they're, he had a lot of fights in a row. So it's like, he, was, he got to be kind of like, all right, man, you, you put in the work. You got submission of the year with the go-go choke on Barnett. You know, yeah. <laughs> give him a little payback, you know, a little feed, you know, hook him up. You know, he, he did a lot for the company. He put in work. He beat a top guy. What a good show getting that submission of the year. So it should be, it should be, um, I think it should be only fair, you know, what he's done to get him up there. Like, get him maybe a fight. If he wins, he gets a title shot or something. We don't know exactly how it's going to look. But hopefully that's the plan. Yeah. He's maybe a fight away from a title shot. So we're looking at maybe three of our guys right now that Luis trains. And he's with them on a constant basis, all three of them. Um, like day to day, like he drives up an hour and a half north to Kenosha. It's just over the border of Wisconsin. He goes there a couple times a week and trains with Ben. He actually teaches a class there. Luis teaches there. He's there actually today. He's there all day in Kenosha because his brother's in with Juliana in Denver. He also taught Tuesday. He usually teaches Tuesday in Seattle goes up there on Thursday. So they take turns going up there teaching at Ben Rothwell's gym. So they oh, see cool. Ben a lot, and they go on rotation, they come back here, they go to Mike Bailey's gym to work with Juliana and, uh, and, um, Yaid. So they go there like nine in the morning, they have a session there to Mike Bailey's gym with the fighters, and they, they work with them, and then they come back at noon, and again at like seven o'clock at night. So they're able to see their fighters pretty frequently throughout the day, even the same day a few times, so. It's a good balance they have. They're, they're doing something real well here at the gym, and all the classes are being covered. They're still making on time to, to teach the classes. It's pretty crazy, but they're, they're there. They're there every day. It's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I mean, I was uh, I was singing you guys' praises months ago, uh, you know, as being one of the one of the premier schools that people are starting to flock to now, you know. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. With yeah, Julianne moving there and Yair, uh, Yair being there now, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, you guys have a really good thing going there and, uh, uh, Louise is a, is a, is a serious dude. He's a, he's a real legit black belt and really knows his stuff and has, it seems like he's really gotten some good adaptations for using it in mixed martial arts. Um, you know, it's a very, it's a, it's a very different thing to be a, a, a super technical, black belt and then transfer that over into mixed martial arts i've seen a lot of guys that are that i've had such high hopes for coming into mixed martial arts as a as a high level black belt and then it, the jujitsu just doesn't translate once they're getting punched on the ground um but it seems like it seems like louise has really found some good adaptations for jujitsu in mixed martial arts so i think a lot of it has to do with um his good relation with Hickson, you know, teaching um just the raw style of like cage fighting, Valley Tudo fighting, like no old bar, like what they did back in Brazil. Right. You know, um, the type of training Luis used to do. They tell me stories of like they used to call this it's called Daparia. It's a style of training they would do, where they would take the heat top off, they'll take the kimono off, mm -hmm. and they would flat box. Flat box with jujitsu. Yeah. They're smacking each other on the belly, on the back, on the face, on the head. 
<laughs> and it's like a ground and pound, so it makes it more surreal. You know, you're doing arm bar strokes, everything the same, but you're adding a flat box to it. Right. And that was a whole other way of training. Like, whenever I hear guys that train with beef, like some of his Brazilian buddies that train with him is black belts, or a guy that trained with Hickson, they would bring these little stories. I mean, Hickson talked about it at his last seminar when he was here recently. That it was, it was called Taparia, and it, it, it brought out that aggression mixed with jujitsu, making it sparring safe enough where you're not beating the brakes off each other, but you're able to be, still be effective and, and play with that. And he said that's, that's a real serious way of training that kind of lost right now. Not a lot of guys do that. So, right. Luis told me stories about how they train like that, and it was crazy, but it, it brought the best out of you and showed you in a real life fight how jiu-jitsu can be used, you know? You're mixing it up with the striking, you know, and the, and the grappling combined. So I think having that mindset of the old school style, you know, staying away. The problem is with jiu-jitsu, there's sport jiu-jitsu. And sport jiu-jitsu is taken away from the real street self-defense. Right. Of martial arts. And right. And all the, all the arts, judo, um, taekwondo, I think when it gets to the Olympics, it waters down because you have added, you're adding points. Also, you're making it more safer for the for the competitors, which makes sense. But you're losing this edge on self-defense on the street, self-survival, self-defense. And um, we want to focus on that in our gym, not so much geared towards points. But we do train and keep it in mind that if you are doing a tournament, you're not going to sit here and get slapped. You're not, you know, you're not going to give a point. You got to understand how to kill things before they happen. Right. So it, it, it's the old school style, but it's very effective because we, we, we focus more on pressure and connection and it changes the fight. You know, um, just recently I had a kid come in from California. He's a kid. Um, he just started with us. He just signed up and everything. And he has a lot of cool moves. He can pass the guard very fast. That's really very athletic. But he likes pressure and likes connection. So he, he even tried to bear and bowl me with the, he would try to bear and bowl with me and I just dropped my heavy hips down and I just smashed the bear and bowl. He couldn't get under it. He couldn't do anything. I just right. the guard. You know, these simple concepts are working against the old school style is working against the new school style. So, and there are certain fighters that are effective in, uh, in these jiu-jitsu tournaments and jiu-jitsu world where they're using the old style. They're using more pressure. Connecting like uh, Bouchesha is one of my favorite guys. He he puts a lot of pressure on guys, and uh, there's a fight with him and King Cornelius where he just out pressured his warm guard, and it was just done. Like he just passed his guard. It was like what warm guard, you know? Right. So <laughs> there's there's uh, the old things that people are losing. That 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 that, that old school style, the connection and pressure can be so valuable, and people are missing that concept in jujitsu. You see a lot of guys during bowling floating around just trying to sweep trying to win by advantage and so trying to finish the fight right so training with Louise definitely changed my game over you know over the years and tightened me up where I can control the situation if it was a real fight a street fight I can protect myself and defend and attack from the bottom from the top from anywhere right, you know? right. so I, it's the way of thinking his concepts are just just crazy how he can turn any situation around, defend it, and then counterattack you immediately. So it's worked. It's working so far for Ben, for Juliana, for um, 
you know, right now we haven't seen Yai doing it in the cage. I can see him right now in the gym doing it. So yeah, yeah, it, it, it is an effective style. It, it, you know, a lot of guys in tournaments style they they lose that. They, the thing is, they get used to not getting hit. Right. You know, they're used to not getting hit, so they put themselves in bad positions. I like uh, this guy new uh, coming up, uh, Ryan Hall. I remember him when he was a brown belt. He did a seminar long time ago and I attended it and uh I didn't know he was gonna do it day, but he's got away with it right now. He's winning his fights and his jujitsu is good because he's not getting hit when he puts himself in those positions. Right. He's gonna go down and fish for the leg and do his his funky stuff, you know? And people are respecting it and they're scared of it. They know how good he is on the ground. And then when he gets to his feet, I see him doing kicks and I'm like, Okay, <laughs> That was pretty cool to watch, you know. But um, it showed him as a development as an all-around fighter as well, you know. He's able to strike now, so that that's pretty cool, you know. And I see how he uses it, you know, like makes people get away from him and scared of him. And even though you know he edged up that win against Gray Maynard, and a lot of people were you know kind of mad, thought it was boring and stuff. But you know, everybody's gonna have their opinion on how they see a fight and how it's going. You know, there's different styles of jiu-jitsu. You got Demon Maya, Jacare. They'll grab you, they'll take you down, and they'll go for the catch. And, you know, that's, I'm a big fan of that. You know, but it shows that they're not taking hits. They're having a long, successful career. Yep. You know, and I can see why it's uh, important to understand that. Because you don't want to go into a war too early, too many of them early in your career. You're going to get too many hits in the head, brain damage, you're going to be out of there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important for these jiu-jitsu guys to, to start early getting getting other training and become a full mixed martial artist rather than try and go in and just rely on their jiu-jitsu because I've seen some people do that and it just doesn't work out. You know, you got this kid, like Yai, for instance, uh, Taekwondo Black Belt, they competed since he was a boy, um, working with Mike Valley, and that's a... Uh, Muay Thai style and he kind of fused both styles together so he's using Taekwondo kicks in that fight also he's mixing it with Muay Thai kicks right. I was actually listening to Rogan's podcast last night and he was explaining that and it's it's, it's any softball he's long he's tall he's very fast it's hard to deal with something like that and now you're adding a ground game because he did get to work with Izzy Martinez for a while so he does have good takedowns we yeah. don't always get to see him but, um, I, you know, he doesn't um, need to use him. <laughs> also, his new wrestling coach that's working with him now, I forgot his name. Um, you know, working with him, you know, so he has good take down. He understands his base and how, where to be and stuff. And now the jujitsu he's getting. So he has a good arsenal. Even though we only get to see him stand up. But, you know, it's like Anderson Silva. We've seen him stand up and knock everybody out. But then when, even when he got to the ground, you see him in his guard and split people. So yeah. that's what we're looking at, hopefully making um something like that the next silver. That'd be awesome. But you know, we'll see. He he likes to train. The good kid's very humbled. Even in, in victory he's humble, so the cool thing what he said too the next day after he won, so it was Monday morning, put her on the way to the airport, he tells Luis, he goes, Yesterday I won, today I didn't win anything. He goes, Coach, I'm ready to go back in the gym and train and learn more. Hmm. But it shows where the kid's head and heart is, you know. How humble he is, how he still wants to grow and learn and knows he's not perfect yet. 
it's it's crazy. It's a new era now. Is there you have any any young prospects in your school that you see maybe getting in the UFC anytime soon? Anybody um, we should keep an eye out for? That's kind of funny you say that. Um, we have a couple young kids right now. They're actually they train with Ben Rothwell, and um, they're pretty impressive at what they do. Like the development of just learning. Um, one kid, his name is Cody. His last name is Lynn. He's like 16 years old. He, he, he trains with the Rothwell team with the fight team. The youngest kid on, on, their, on their team, and uh, he did a submission match up in really far in the Michigan and he beat this kid um took his bag to like a cat fight and like a rear naked choke he had a really good like good mind good future in front of him he just got a sponsorship too with some key company yeah um with him I don't know where he can be like he can grow and be something we don't know he's so young and he's he had a really good technique really good skill so yeah I don't know how his you know I, we don't know what the future holds but he has potential. Um, and there's another girl that trains with him. Um, her name's Allie. She's an amateur fighter. She's like, she's 3 and old. She's only 18 years old. And she's supposed to be fighting on Saturday. Um, at her age, you know, I think she's a 125-er. Yeah. Um, she's looking pretty sharp, you know, pretty good. It's a good all-around game. And, you know, she has a good team around her. So, but with them, it's more like the sky's the limit. They gotta kinda just gotta want it, you know, and put the time in and keep training like they're doing. Right. And they have potential. So there's kids. Nothing in the near future. Maybe Dennis Dombo. I'm thinking, give him a shot. I hope Dana White give him a shot. Let's him in. Um, not just because he's a buddy of mine, but I've seen him, I've seen him go to work on guys. I've seen him train. He has, you know, he's a, he's a black belt jiu-jitsu. He's a, he holds the belt right now and, um, HFC, Hoosier Fight Club. It's in Indiana. If I had the Hammond Casino. And, um, pretty nice venue. And, uh, he's defended his title recently. He was supposed to fight, hey, he was supposed to have a fight with Miguel Torres, but he broke his hand during the camp. Oh, so he had to pull out of that fight. So that was, that was gonna be his big fight to, you know, you know, maybe get called up to the big league, but, hope, you know, he's gonna be defending pretty soon. In the next few, Maybe next few months. He's going to have a title defense. And um, we'll see who he gave him, you know. But Torres was the guy he really wanted. It sucks, you know, when you get injured in the sport and broke his hand. Mm-hmm. And um, he defended his title like, right after that. And his hand wasn't even 100%. And Campy wasn't even throwing his right hand. He was throwing all left hands in his camp. Mm-hmm. And he watched his fight. He didn't have such a good fight because he had to defend that belt. But he's throwing all left hands. And he, he beat the guy, took him on the ground a lot. It was a really good fight. Um, it went all five rounds to a decision, but he won. He edged out a, a unanimous decision. So I would like to see him get in there. I think he deserves a shot. He just turned 30 years old, so it would be cool. It would be cool if, he, if I see him in there. I think yeah. he deserves it. I think he's ready now. You know, just call him up there, Dana. <laughs> Well, I was I was excited over the over the weekend uh, watching the previews for Juliana's fight coming up and seeing you in the previews. I was like, "Hey, look at that, Johnny!" Yeah, I got I got getting my little fifteen seconds of fame. That was cool. I was yelling at the TV. I sent you a text right as I saw it too. I was like, "Hey, man!" Oh man, my phone was blowing up. Everybody was texting me like, "I see you on TV." Everybody was telling me. 
So her show is going to be called uh, Roll to the Octagon. I think it airs on Monday. Yeah. So everybody stay in tune and check that out. I'm in there. So um, it's pretty cool. I think fun that I get to train with these people and now I'm on TV a little bit, you know. Yeah. But um, it's, it's really like- cool that they're really in a high level right now. And it seems like this is their year and it's looking good for them. You know, so far so good, you know. Yeah, it seems like a lot of good things are happening over at LCCT right now. Yeah, um, we're blowing up. We're getting people from out of state flying in. People from other gyms are signing up with us and checking out the gym, you know. And, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. A lot of people signed up recently. Class is huge right now. We have like 30 people, you know, like last time with a big class. Um, it's really cool. It's really cool to see people from all over gravitating, you know, and they're hearing the news and people that haven't been with us in a while, like they took some time off, like a year off or so or more, and they came back, they signed up again, you know, back training with us. It's, it's good to see that, you know, that vibe. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, it's, it's a good energy, you know. Luis was there yesterday, he taught, he taught all day yesterday. He had to go to bed today, so right now we have that Zombo teaching. So, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that we have a couple black belts in the house. Yeah, that is good. Everybody's, everybody's there. We have different people, you know. Usually Luis and Chiago are the main ones teaching. Um, but you know, they have fight stuff to do. So, so we'll see. And then he's gonna fly out. I think he teaches his last day is Friday. He'll teach at noon. And then he flies out on Saturday or Sunday. I think he flies out Sunday to go to Denver to get Julie ready for her fight. Nice. And then after that, they'll all, they'll all come back, and then we kind of take a break from all the fight stuff. And then uh, I'm going to compete in a in a one night fight grappling tournament. It's the EBI rules. Yeah. Somewhere out here, it's pretty cool. So I'm going to get involved and do a little little one night match. Right oh, now, great! Keep, ready for that. Keep me posted yeah, on that. I'd like to see that. Is it? Uh, will it be broadcast over the internet or anything? Oh, I think you can stream it. It's through the XFO. Fullest in the area that actually know for MMA, they just started doing these uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments or matches, not tournaments, but their matches, and um, I think they're able to stream them. Oh. I need to find more information. I'm pretty cool with the, the promoter. I've known him for a long time, but um, they had one last weekend, and it was pretty cool. It was a good turnout. The place was nice. It was a lot of fun, so I think I'm going to give it a shot, you know, do it. Nothing to lose. <laughs> Just calories. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I'd like to keep me posted on that. I'd like definitely like to check that out. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to see more information. It'll probably get through my Facebook. I'm going to get a photo of my Instagram and stuff. So I usually try to, like, reshare and repost things. Yeah, what yeah. everybody's doing and stuff. And tournaments, et cetera, you know, so. Um, yeah. Well, shit, man. I, I really appreciate your time, Donnie. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, for sure. Got a lot, yeah, of, um, lot of good information today. Looking, really looking yeah, forward totally. to Juliana's fight and uh, and seeing what's next for Yair. And uh, we'll keep a keep a lookout for the for the uh, the documentary on him. That should be cool. Right, right. Um, make sure everybody checks out LCCT BJJ in the Schaumburg area. If you're in Chicago, even if you fly in, check it out, you know. Um, uh, if you're 
you're new, you want to maybe think about signing up, your first class is free. So you can check it out, come, you can roll. If you like it, sign up. You know, we get a lot of guys coming in, a lot of people love it. You know, it's definitely different from a lot of gyms. This guy's uh, X and Gracie Black Belt, legitly, and his brother as well. And they both won the world's three-time world champ, Luis, and Chad was a two-time world champ. So, these guys are legit. Yeah, it's a great great gym. I've trained there a few times, and, uh, you know, I I always enjoy it when I train there. Uh, Right, if you're in the Muay Thai, I would say give a shout-out to uh, Mike Valley, striking. Mike Valley Slow, I think that's the name of the gym. They're in, I'm not sure exactly, close to Addison. I'm not sure. I might be wrong, but you can check him out. That's where Yaid is from. That's his coach, his boxing coach. He's the guy that brought up Donald Cerrone. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he made the Cowboys and Scratch since he was like six years old or something. So this guy is definitely legit. He's been around the block for a while. He worked with Winkle John and those guys at Jackson's. Yeah. He worked with those guys, so he's very legit, you know. So, um, he got, we got great Muay Thai with them now. And then we also have great Jiu Jitsu with Luis, you know. So, yeah, check it out. Everybody check it out, you know. Um, my Instagram is, uh, Donnie Blades. 23. So, if you want to follow, I can look on my page. You can see some of the fighters and link on to their stuff. Link on to Luis, Claudio, and everybody else, Juliana. Yeah, you can look on, link on to them. So, I'm always around. Just a normal guy <laughs> with a good team. So, it's a blessing to have you, have you back on the show. A lot of fun, man. Glad to share your information. Look out for that, uh, yeah, he's documentary though. It's coming out some film fest. I'm not sure, but stay tuned and look out for that. That should be pretty cool. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that, and uh, we'll check out the road to the octagon with Juliana this this coming week. And uh, we'll talk to yes, you sir. soon, Donnie. Thanks a lot, man. All right, buddy. All right, you, you take care, brother. That's the end. Now we get. The MMAniacs podcast brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at 1338 Hookset Road in Hookset, and their phone number is 603-641-3444. Their website is www.teamlinkhooksetnh.com. Uh, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link, and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it. Uh, so if you go there, you tell them that the MMAniacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com.